Aloha, I'm Marcia Sortino. Welcome to Pay Radio, talk radio worth listening to. To all our regular listeners, thank you for coming back. To all our new listeners, congratulations. You just discovered one of the most powerful talk radio shows there is. As we get ready for this class, I suggest you find something to take notes with. Every show is packed with all sorts of inspiring, insightful ideas, ahas, and breakthroughs. While you find some paper and a pen, I wonder, how many people do you know are paid to learn, then paid to teach what they learn? I'll put that another way. I'm both a student and a teacher of Pay Me What I'm Worth. By the time I complete my class as a student, the money I'm paid to teach Pay Me What I'm Worth will cover what I paid Seoul University, and then some. At the end of our class, I'll tell you how to become a paid student and teacher for this life-changing journey. It's time to meet my class. We decided to be collectively known as Team Seekers. Here they are. This is Cindy Ashwine from Slingerland, New York. Thank you for joining us on our radio show. I hope that you will be inspired by what you hear today. Kyle Davis, Lewiston, Maine. Hey, everybody. Green Mays, and I am from Latrobe, Pennsylvania. This is David H. Paul from St. Cloud, Minnesota. Hello, Chris Peters, and I'm from Brandon, Manitoba, Canada. Aloha. This is Rick Rodriguez from the Big Island of Hawaii. Aloha. Cheryl here, coming to you from the Big Island of Hawaii, where we have lots of beautiful waterfalls, rainbows, and a live volcano. Hello, everybody. This is Agnes Talley in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're the home of the dogwood tree with its beautiful white flowers in the spring of the year. And finally, Aloha! Sol here, author of Pay Me What I'm Worth and Marsha's co-pilot on this journey. I hope we've given you enough time to grab a pad of paper and a pen to take notes. Our class starts now. So Rick, if I email you, and in that email I tell you that at 6 o'clock tomorrow night, I've hired a person to come over and paint your house bright pink. And they come over at 6 o'clock tomorrow night, and they paint your house bright pink. Am I an ethical person? No. Mm, okay. Unfold <laughs> that for us. Maybe you would ask, because I do need my house painted. You're actually giving us a good example of the difference between ethics and morals. Is it fair to say that from a moral standpoint, you said no? I guess so. Because from an ethical standpoint, if I tell you what I'm going to do and then I do it, I'm an ethical person, regardless of what I tell you I'm going to do. You would have to ask me. Do you, you see why we me. did performance-based contracts before we did ethics and integrity? <laughs> <laughs> Started out with this example because it's absolutely critical. We really unfold what are ethics, what is integrity, and what are morals. Because they're so vastly different from each other. Ethics and morals are not the same thing. But if you read your standard dictionary definition of ethics, many times you're going to see the word morals printed in that definition, yeah? 
Right. Yeah. Yeah, you do. It has nothing to do with it. Morals is a social contract, sort of a conditioning thing. Bingo. You know, what they told you at church and what your mom said, you know, don't scratch your butt and then pick your nose. You mean I got to stop doing that now? Oh, <laughs> Well, you can choose your own morals. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know if that's moral, but I, I understand. <laughs> Think about this, ladies and gentlemen. How many times have we got caught up in a dilemma between what we say we're going to do and what we've done? Who has a story where they've had the best intention? They've said something. They really thought they were going to do what they said. And then different things began to happen and other things may have unraveled or all sorts of circumstances happen well beyond your control. And what you said you were going to do didn't happen. And then you felt really crappy. Who has a story? I was sitting around in Mickey D's with my band members, and we were discussing going over cover songs, which is performing a song of somebody else. I suggested one thing, and then the drummer did, and the other guitarist did. And interestingly enough, we all agreed to a song that was way beyond our skill level. I was very nervous. I'm like, I'm going to try. But I had work, and I had other obligations and another band, and the other stuff I was doing, and I just could not get this song down in the time frame that we had agreed upon, which was two weeks. Just couldn't play it. It was way too difficult. And I actually sat down and said, look, guys, I'm having trouble with it. They said they were having trouble with it. And I actually got out of it okay. But for a while there, I'm like, oh, man, I haven't learned the song. It's not going to be good. I'm going to get yelled at. So I actually got away that time. But in terms of, like, being a moral dude and being an ethical dude, I slipped up when I said I was going to say something and didn't get it, but I was honest in saying at least I tried to get it done, and this is the result. Good example. How about another story? Let's hear from a parent. I want to hear a story about a time where a parent promised a child something and then due to no fault of your own and extenuating circumstances, you could not do what you said you were going to do for your child. And then you ended up feeling at least some shame, at least some guilt, and you may have medicated that by buying the child or something special or treating the child to something special. Anybody got a story? Katie's working on one right now. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I, I know I do. I just can't. Here's a good example. Katie just gave me one. Katie and Miley were just talking about this the other day where one time mom and I promised those girls that if they cleaned the house, said to Cho, that we'd take them to the Cold Stone Creamery, which is kind of Ooh. a fancy ice cream place in town. They were all stoked, and they did. They, they kicked butt. They did a great job. We got over to Cold Stone, and neither of us had a dime to our names. Oh, no. Yeah, that wasn't very good. <laughs> I don't know if I ever made up for that one or not, but... <laughs> Uh, Another not. item on the timeline. I could see it now. <laughs> oh, during the dark years. <laughs> Do you begin to see now how the roots of doubt, guilt, shame, and worry are fertilized when we venture into the vast mucky pool of morals versus ethics? Page 155 of your hymnal. Very first sentence of page 155. Ethics enjoy facts. Morals 
thrive on subjective judgments. I'm old enough to remember a Surgeon General on TV stating that smoking is good for your health. (laughs) I remember that too. How much did they pay him? Oh my God. I I remember the camel commercial that says, most doctors smoke camels. (laughs) Yeah, and he had his (laughs) coat on and stuff. I saw that commercial thing, yeah, Yeah. not too long ago. (laughs) That's awesome. Smoking is an excellent example between ethics and morals. I was brought up with it was no big deal to smoke. Smoke if you got them, right? Right. In my own lifetime now, many cities, states, companies have banned smoking, right? Right. Yeah. Right. And if you're around someone who's smoking, have you noticed there might be this righteous attitude between smokers and not smokers, right? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Morals thrive on subjective judgments. We have judged people based on whether they're a smoker or a non-smoker. Yeah? Right. Certainly, but it's hard not to, Soul. As you're reading Chapter 9, what I want to hear some feedback. What are some of those things that you went, what? (laughs) (laughs) When I was reading this, I was thinking like the golden rule. Like, I can say, hey, it's okay to punch people in the face, but it's never okay. It's not good. There's always going to be, like, a karmic thing from the universe. It's ever justified to hurt somebody or steal from somebody or limit somebody's liberty. You're talking morals. Yeah, I'm talking morals. Right. If I tell you I'm going to come up and slap you in the face and cause you blindness, and I come up and I slap you in the face and cause you blindness, I'm an ethical person. I agree with that. You're not a moral dude, but you are ethical. See? Why do you think Ethics and Integrity is a chapter in a book called Pay Me What I'm Worth? To teach us the difference between morals and ethics. Ethics is word equals deed. I want to become an ethical person, then I'm going to look at my word and what I'm doing. I can tell in myself how much I think I'm worth by how I use ethics, integrity, and morals. Yeah. Over the long term, your sense of worth, when we wrap into that really light and fluffy topics of meaning and continuity, I introduce those concepts, meaning and continuity, because they play a key role in ethics and integrity. My goal with Ethics and Integrity, Chapter 9, Pay Me What I'm Worth, is to make something what seems to be quite complex and quite confusing unbelievably squeaky simple. Yay! (laughs) Thank goodness. (laughs) Hell yes. After listening to the overview for Chapter 9, a few of you have commented on the fact that it seems like it's a very clear concept. Can you unravel that a little bit? Well, it just seems like the ethics and the integrity go together. The ethics are the facts, and they're the things that what you say, that you've created them, and you abide by them. It just spelled it out, that the ethics are the what you say, 
and that you've created them and you abide by them. And the deeds, the integrity are the deeds that you say that you're going to be doing. And if you follow through with those deeds, then you have good integrity. Think about this. When it comes to our sense of worth, when I say something and then I do it, normally I feel good. Does anybody else experience that? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. If it's a good deed. Yes. Is if you could begin to separate ethics from morals. Again, I'm not looking for you to rubber stamp what I'm saying. And if you're at peace with ethics are actually morals, that's okay. But I've witnessed firsthand how that is a very nasty weed that will suck a sense of worth out of a it's by perspective isn't it moral require perspective don't they Mm -hmm. yes ethics don't follow follow i'm following i have a good example i was managing a, a home through one of the policies was directly related to attendance in the first 90 days of employment. And the rule in place was if you miss more than two of your shifts in 90 days, you're immediately terminated and there were no exceptions. I'm the manager. So it happens that a new employee came on, got to know that person really well, and we clicked and we did some great work. One night, uh, the child of this employee had to go to the emergency room, so she had to leave work. And I covered for her, and we were fine, but that was the first check. Her 85th day, she had to go to the emergency room, and so she had to leave work. The 86th day, I got to get together with her and have a meeting and terminate her employment. It was ethical. That's what I needed to do, so I did it. Boy, did I feel like shit. Because from a moral standpoint, you began to, David, factor in the relationship, right? Right. That experience was what propelled me to want to be in business for myself. I thought I could control at the ethics and the morals. Top of page one fifty five. If you live by moral standards, take great care with every word you speak. What you say can and will be used against you. Where have we heard that before? That's why I invite you to keep it simple. Right. If if what I say to you is based on what I deem to be accurate information in that moment, and then 30 seconds later after we hang up the phone or we take off or whatever, and something happens that's so far beyond my ability to quote, control, unquote, and we all know that's an illusion, or David's very aware of all of that now. (laughs) Um, So am I. (laughs) I have to tap into a level of grace. David, in your example that you just gave, hindsight now giving you a perspective, do you now find solace in the fact that you followed your word and deed? Hmm. Because if you hadn't, if you started slipping and making exceptions, where does it end? Well, if I had chosen to slip and make exceptions in that case, it wouldn't have been long and I would have been out on the street and jobless. Mm -hmm. 
bureaucracy is going to move right along with or without me. Right. It's up to me to make those choices about how much I'm going to participate or not. There's that compass in there. But even if you were a multimillionaire and you were just volunteering, still, do you begin to get a feeling of comfort knowing that your word matched your deed? Yes. There's a certain level of of comfort in that, but at the same time, I still feel pain over that experience. I do. I'm going to experience that pain, too. So question for you, David. Will you allow Chapter 9 and Chapter 6 to work together so that you can release that pain? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, we can do some laundry. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's important. It's important to release those feelings that don't serve well. It is important. Reflections? Thoughts? Have I turned on the blunder to frappe and you're all going, I just am going to be quiet right now. (laughs) I understand the difference between ethics and morals, how they play a part in my everyday living. When you yourself had the situation that was out of your control, how do you deal with that for yourself? I let it go. That's it? In Chapter 7, I give you three timeless guidelines. One of those guidelines is do your best with what you have. Mm -hmm. I did the best with what I have. If you're going to hold over me this notion that I could have done better and I know I couldn't have, ain't my circus, ain't my monkey. (laughs) Can you tell, ladies and gentlemen, part of Chapter 9, I'm asking you to start getting ready for chapter 10, and chapter 10 is gratitude. And I have this illusion that in order to really practice gratitude, I must know what grace is. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. How many times have you experienced in your own lives situations where someone genuinely lets you off the hook And there is such a profound feeling of relief. It may have caused you to cry. Oh, I have. Absolutely, (laughs) yes. Absolutely. So as you begin to venture into Exercise 28, Ethical Foresight, here's the time where we begin to look at the culmination of everything you've done. Your skills inventory, your timeline, your mental laundry your contract. Here we begin to integrate this notion of sabotage. (laughs) Oh, good God. I knew it was coming. I knew that laugh was coming. (laughs) Yep. Who can cast the first stone? Meaning, who on this call has never, ever in their entire life ever sabotaged themselves. (laughs) I have it as my nose grows long like Pinocchio. (laughs) (laughs) How does... I don't think I can stone anyone. How does self-sabotage sabotage your ethics? I'm going to shed 125 pounds in six months 
because I have an important engagement and I want to fit into a suit. So in six months, I'm going to cut my body weight in half. <laughs> I have a performance-based contract that states specifically how I'm going to do that. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so how many of you have made goals, well-intentioned goals, goals at the time you really thought were valid, and then when you started actually implementing that goal, you went, oh, I have a story about that. It's my senior year of college. Tell my dad and my professors. My dad is a professor. Go figure. I'm like, I'm going to study. I'm going to really knock these finals out of the park. I'll be in my room. I'm going to work hard at it. No goofing off. Then one of my buddies comes and says, dude, we're seniors. It's the last time we get the party. So for two days when I was supposed to be studying, I was drinking a whole bunch and running around and doing goofy stuff. The morning or before finals, I wake up on the dude's floor. Oh, God, I didn't study. I didn't study. I didn't do anything. I didn't even look at, like, I don't even know what my finals are in. I'm not going to pass. we got to get back, and we spend, like, two hours driving from West Virginia to Pennsylvania getting lost. It actually turned out to be six hours later we got there. My professors let me off the hook. I explained, made some bad decisions, and they helped me with everything, and I graduated on time. But that feeling of them letting me off the hook after, like, going to be a goofball and going partying was pretty cool. Even though I didn't know about ethics and morals separating them, I can look back now and go, oh, I see. Well, Kareem, your story is an extraordinary example of how I got to be who I am. Because my teachers, when I reflect back on how I treated them as a pompous, arrogant know-it-all, they saw through that. They saw through what I'm really capable of doing. And they held the space for me to become that. Never said a word about it. Knowing that one day I would wake up from a meditation in tears because I finally got to a point to where I could really see me and what a pompous, arrogant asshole I had been for so long under the guise that I was being a respectful, wise, helpful person who was out there giving so much of his time and effort to everyone so that they could have a better life. I sabotaged myself knowingly and unknowingly, and my teachers allowed it because they knew one day I would recognize it and learn from it. Any parent who has told their child, don't touch that, it's hot, don't touch that, it's hot. Any parent want to tell me a story about a time where they cautioned their child about not doing something a bazillion times, and the child went ahead and did it anyway, and then they finally learned. Well, I can tell a story of me being a child doing something like that. <laughs> My parents told me, don't touch the iron. And, of course, I had touched the iron before, but it wasn't plugged in and on. And one day they told me, don't touch the iron. Well, I guess they turned their back, and I went and touched the iron, and believe me, <laughs> was it ever painful. And I never did that again. 
there was a time when I was hopping wheelies on my bike. I remember trying to hop this curb. And I came down and I fell off my bike and I split my head open and I needed like nine stitches in my head. And I was always told, be careful on your bike. Yeah, I didn't listen very well either. Well, I'm sure Rick has any number of stories where he's told any number of surfers what they should be mindful of. And those surfers give Rick the stink eye and they go do what Rick told them not to do. And then lo and behold, hmm, off to the emergency ward. But that happens all the time with surfers, so I, I don't bother with them. It, just about once a week, I tell them, okay, you line up right here. Like, I use trajectories and vectors when I surf. Vectors and trajectories, they line up in the same place that sit in the ocean at the same time, like three different points. And we know if you get past this certain point and you catch a wave, dude, you might die if it's big and you go right onto the reef. Well, we tell everyone, don't go past this point here. When they're new, we used to tell them all, now we just watch them go into the reef. I told my son that. Don't go past this point. As you all ponder the notion of teaching, pay me what I'm worth, how many things do you think I've already let each and every one of you do that I wouldn't have let you do when I first started teaching, pay me what I'm worth? Oh, so wow. I, I, I'm, mm, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm actually very grateful that you allowed me to experience what I went through because I know that I made those choices for myself. So part of the reason why I've just said that from an ethical standpoint, you have in your hands a 200-page document that spells out in what has proven to be pretty good clarity what you need to do. Yeah? Yeah. Certainly. As a parent from a teacher and a student relationship, I know what kind of teacher I was like the first time I went through Pay Me What I'm Worth in some of my first classes. What an insufferable asshole I was. What a moral, righteous dude I was because I wanted you to get the best out of this program. I had these goals. I had these objectives. And by God, you were going to meet every one of them. Right? right. I, I like the emphasis on was. That's cute. <laughs> and I know I still can be because when I, I get triggered, when you all trigger something that I didn't know I still got a landmine out there from. The reason why I'm doing what I'm doing after 10 years is because I know I still have landmines. And the only person who's going to trigger that landmine is a person I'm going to attract to me that was designed to come into my life in that moment to set off that landmine in exactly <laughs> that moment. Follow? I follow. So ethically speaking, I've laid out the path for you. What you decide to do with it is completely up to you. Do you understand what get-out-of-jail-free card I'm giving you to play with in Chapter 9? That if your ethics and your integrity, everything match, then you'll feel a lot 
bigger boost in your worth bank. Yep. Now we're getting hotter. Yes, keep going. I decide that I'm going to do something. I do it. Within me, it makes me feel really good. Bingo. And when we extend that to the notion of Chapter 6, forgiveness and letting go, if my word is my deed and I've done what I said I was going to do and anybody else doesn't find satisfaction with that, not my problem. I can let it go. Right? Right. Right. Yep. When I do my best with what I have in that moment, the essence of Chapter 7, when I do my best in that moment with what I have, that's all I can do. Right? Right. 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 Is my That's best, how I've always felt, too, yes. Okay. Is my best always going to be the same one minute to the next? No. No. No, everything's always changing. Unwrap that, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Circumstances, situations could change. Anything could happen in life. It's how I choose to deal with or respond to it that's going to matter for me oh and then comes the grace <laughs> and then comes Bingo. the grace. relationships <laughs> yeah and others may perform well like just like me i have my ups and i have my downs and so does everyone else yeah and where the grace comes in is I can allow some grace. I can put the judgment aside. I can do my mental laundry and and experience some forgiveness and peace. As I do that more and more often, and when I experience the results of that, I'm going to keep going back to that well because it feels good. Ding 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 ding. We have a bingo winner here. As you get into this next exercise, it's imperative that your sense of grace is absolutely live and buzzing. Because in ethical foresight, as I challenge you to think about ways that you know, you know, you know. And it may be only just you know that you sabotage yourself. It may be one of those dark, dirty little secrets that's been hunkered down for quite some time. But as you get into that sabotage pool, I beg you to be graceful with yourselves. And are you going to analyze them? Or are you going to explore them? Definitely explore them. (laughs) (laughs) Forget the analyzing. (laughs) Grace really has a fun time exploring. I have a fabulous romance with Grace. (laughs) So I've been beating myself up the last day or two. I realize that it's in the world. There's the pattern. Oh, right there. Oh, how many times? Oh, that's come up a lot. (laughs) It's interesting because in applying this lesson, the grace starts with with me. I have to give myself some grace. And as I do that, as I explore, 
what, where, where's this coming from? Oh, yeah, that's an old pattern. <laughs> it's been interesting to see, it's, I'm seeing that pattern in relationships and jobs and financial flow or lack thereof. I've seen all kinds of great patterns. Uh, the wonderful thing is I can now be free of it. I can now allow myself to make an error and to have a chuckle with myself and to move right along and to say, I'm learning. Yeah, I'm learning it well. <laughs> <laughs> Yum. It feels a whole lot better than... <laughs> I think all the pieces of the puzzle fit together for me as I experience what I've experienced throughout this whole class. I mean, seriously... A lot of you know the experiences that I've had. Just putting that together and knowing that there is always a great that can come to every situation. I just release it. I let the, the universe take over and actually let my divine self come forth. Everything that we've learned with contracts and it's all a wonderful freedom for us. It's all a wonderful way to actually proceed forth and build our dreams. That's exciting. Yes. One of the most important things that I've found about this course, probably the most important thing, and that's made me want to focus on it and really realize how important it is, is what Soul said today, and he said it before, it's about waking up. And the whole course is about waking up to yourself and your own potential. And I need to be reminded of that. Because that's my biggest bitch about society and, and humans in general. They're asleep. 80% of them. Wake up. Slap them upside the head. Or whatever. <laughs> but you can't really have an excuse when you have a wonderful tool like this to present to people if they're ready to be, to wake themselves up. So I thank you for that. Mm, mahalo. Chapter 9 can really get into some pretty deep stuff. The whole concept of sabotage is a slippery, slippery pig, isn't it? Oh, yeah. 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 So be ultra mindful of the explorer. Be really conscious of the beauty of curiosity. Because that beauty will all of a sudden give you the pin code that you can blow up that sabotage. <laughs> <laughs> Time to close this class. What did you get out of this show? We truly want to know. Simply post in the comment box at the bottom of this page. After hearing so many people experience so many ahas, I wonder, are you ready to take this class yourself? We start new classes each time we have 12 or more people ready to go. You're listening to Marcia Sortino, Team Seekers, Team Captain. Get in touch to learn how to become one of Pay Me What I'm Worth's paid instructors today. And remember, before you go, think about who else would enjoy our classes. Post this show on your social networking sites to help more people enjoy some weekly wit and wisdom. Aloha. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.